0: I'm Devin, and I'm an unsupervised man. I'm Justin, and I also am an unsupervised man. I always have, been, And I always will be, yeah! How'd I get this way? Don't care. Well, how do we change? Don't. Why? Because we are unsupervised men!
1: So we hope you enjoy
0: this episode of unsupervised men tune in every wednesday for a new episode now shut up and sit down okay
1: thanks for tuning in to check out the rest of our conversation about the social dilemma if you didn't hear part one stop what you're doing go back to last week and listen to episode five and then come back and listen to this week's episode part two
2: That is so true, how they are just completely changing you, but it's so gradual that you don't really notice. And then they talked about the ways that they've made it so addictive. Mm -hmm. So then you get hooked on it. And it is really scary when you watch something like this and then you look at yourself and you think, wow, yeah, I really have been manipulated. But it's so gradual. And there's enough of what looks like a silver lining in it that you don't even notice it.
1: Yeah. Well, and this is where it goes from just ruining people's social skills to being a potentially dangerous thing that uh, the reasons why, you know, Facebook, you know, Mark Zuckerberg has been called to Congress, the serious ramifications of being able to, manipulate, you know, these these few people who are running the programming and setting these algorithms, being able to manipulate people and influence what they think without them even noticing, like that mm-hmm. quote that you just read, you can have some
0: serious consequences. Yeah, because uh, we watched another documentary. Was it called The Hack?
2: The Great Hack.
0: The Great Hack, and it kind of dealt with the election and how... It wasn't really hacked. They just, you know, like in this documentary, it talked about how, you know, you can ask Facebook, you know, I want a hundred people that are, you know, uh, believe in conspiracy theories, you know. Right. And I want a thousand more just like them. Because they have that data. They know kind of what your leanings are. So in the, um, the other documentary, The Great Hack, they talked about how... They, they went through a state. They found out if, if it's even possible for them to win that state. They would figure out which county. So then they would zoom into that county. Then they would use the Facebook data to find out how many people were what they called undecideds. Mm-hmm. And then they would deliberately put um, ads into Facebook to get them to turn, to be able to turn that county, to eventually turn so many counties that you turned the state. And that was what they, you know, which is legal. It's legal to do that, to persuade people. Yeah.
2: And that was what they started out doing. It was called the Massive Scale Contagion Experiment, where they Facebook actually tested to see if they could change on a massive scale what people believed. And then they used it. Them and Cambridge Analytica used it. To turn an election and they over, they turn the election in Brazil, which was a crazy like underdog overthrow. And they start out with little subtle, like you said, doubt questions like, is this real or whatever? And they connect you with people who are also curious about things like that. And then nowadays it doesn't take very many leaps to where they can start feeding you super radical opinions and and vlogs and YouTube videos and Reddit posts and all this stuff that is super extreme. And it takes so few steps now because Facebook turned it into a science and there's actually a science called persuasive technology where they actually invented a whole type of technology where they took what they knew about psychology. And used it in technology to get what they wanted from us and to persuade us into buying certain things because our attention is worth money. And they have overthrown governments, they've caused civil unrest, they have changed people's opinions. Now they're getting people fired from jobs for something they said on Twitter 12 years ago. Who's keeping track of that information? Twitter! Twitter! Twitter's keeping track of that information and then they release it and they they are just playing a game to prove how powerful they are because the internet is written in Sharpie and they are keeping track of everything that everybody's saying. Everyone says, you know, my data, well, I'm not talking about anything that's important. They're not stealing what you're saying to each other. They are stealing how much time you spend saying it. And that's why they time how long you spend on a screen. Do you follow the recommended videos? How far down the YouTube rabbit hole will you go and for how long? Too because, long. <laughs> Yeah. When I'm on watching YouTube, I can watch the same video as he watched on my computer and my recommended videos – Following up after that, the screen fills up with different recommended videos for me because I don't watch YouTube that much. Mine are more generic. His are more along the lines of other YouTube videos he's watched. And most of the time, they have nothing to do with the one he just watched. It has to do with ones he's watched in the past. You know, funny animal videos, epic fails, that kind of stuff. Nothing political, nothing radical, nothing violent. Or maybe like a video game dungeon walkthrough. Mine are pretty much like funny pet videos or, you know, goofy... Little because I don't really watch YouTube that much. So they're guessing. And, you know, some of the things they came up with, they end with solutions, were so small and minor that they sounded like they weren't solutions at all. Mm-hmm. But really, if our attention is money, the first thing we have to do is get out of the habit of letting them have our attention whenever they want. And Justin's favorite part was what about tools?
0: yeah because he he talked about how a tool or how nobody freaked out about when bicycles came out oh, that, yeah. that you know, oh man, bicycles are totally destroying my family, and you know we don't communicate anymore, and it's taking me away from my kids and like no that's not that didn't happen, but with the internet it's or with these platforms, social media it's, that's what's happening, and how it he brought out how a tool is something that waits for you to use it like and I always think of a hammer. Hammer right. sits on your bench until you need to hammer something. Mm-hmm. But how these things, the social media, they want things from you. They need things well, from you. If everybody on the whole earth set their phones down
1: simultaneously and didn't use them for a day, what would, what would happen? Would happen? Uh-huh. I mean, it needs, it feeds off of our
0: data.
2: Basically, stock prices would go down and the rest of us would have time to actually think about what we want to do.
0: And and what were the three, they had the three things that are part of
2: the... Oh, yeah, the three things that they work on? Yeah. Every social media platform has three goals. They have the engagement goal, which is to drive up your usage and keep you scrolling. The growth goal, which is to keep you coming back, inviting your friends, and they invite their friends. So exponential. Facebook's first goal was everyone needed to be to seven to ten friends in a week. That was their goal. They would push you until you got seven friends within a week. And that's how they started. Um, and then the third one was the one that they're really after, which is the advertising goal. While they're trying to get you engaged, while they're trying to get you to invite your friends and keep coming back, you're making. they're making as much money as possible on you. And the more time you spend looking at people's ads or products that lead you to their ads, the more money you make. And they are selling you by the millisecond. To the highest bidder, and if we did all turn off our phones for a day, the world economy would would be rattled they'd be They'd be confused as to what to do, but people might actually like remember that you're in control. One of my favorite quotes is, "You are the decisions that you make, and now we have not just generation Z, which is technically the first generation that has never known a world without social media. They don't know anything else. Mm -hmm. They also have people our age and your age and older people and everyone in between who are letting the crowd make decisions on whether they're a good person or not, whether their beliefs have value or not, because everyone is going after the validation, the likes, the emotions. Facebook tested out a whole bunch of different emotional responses after the like button, they're like, oh, well, that's not keeping people's attention. They're just scrolling and liking. They're not staying on the images. So then they roll out one or two other emotions that you could do. Then you could love or you could smile at it. Now there's a bunch. And you can actually say on your Facebook post how you are feeling. I'm feeling sad. And people think, well, that tells all my friends who, you know, way more than you actually think you have, that you could really connect to, that you're depressed. You're also feeding these supercomputer engines that you feel sad. And then they take your post on why you feel sad and they feed that to these supercomputers and they generate a whole bunch of information value. And another model, they call them advertising models and whichever computer can come up with the best model of you and what they can sell to you wins the money. They win the game.
0: And that was something that was kind of more in the the graphics of that is that as that guy became more engaged, so the more he used his phone, the m- more valuable he became to the advertisers because they knew it would have more of an impression. You know, like one of the first ads they shot off, um these advertisers were bidding. It was like 148 advertisers were bidding for his to be able to advertise on his engagement. Right. But as it increased, it was like up to 458 that wanted to get – they were bidding to get his attention. And it's just – Creepy, and like Jessica was saying about the scrolling, you know, that they, they actually time how long, like on Instagram, when you're scrolling, how long you're on on one picture? Just, yeah. I mean, you watch the second time I watched all those graphics on the other side, were emotions, and they were changing as they were watching the image of his face through the camera, his reactions were changing, and then the percentages of what he was thinking, what they thought he was thinking, how they could change it. It's all like in real time, and to think it's just for me, or just for Priscilla, or you.
1: Well, and what you just said, it's, it's just for that specific person. I think this is something else that has changed drastically through the generations. Like, what I was talking about with discussing trombones, and then suddenly you have ads popping up for
0: trombones. You want to get a trombone? I didn't know that. But... Oh, oh, man. Sorry. I'm going to kill you.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. So, the younger generation sees that happen Mm -hmm. and thinks, oh, this is so cool. I was just talking about trombones, and like it knows that I, I want a trombone. No, that's yeah. that's not right. <laughs> that's messed up.
2: One of the quotes that really caught, a, seems like it caught all of our attention, but especially for Just I, when we think about why kids don't care about lying now and why it is so hard to relate to them, um, the, the guy, Jerron, I think his name was Lanier, he wrote this, the book called Delete All Your Social Media Accounts. I think it's a now. Um, and he looks like a crazy Muppet. But he had a really interesting thing that he said. And he said, anytime two people connect now, it's through a sneaky third person paying to manipulate those two people. It has created an entire global generation of people raised in the context of where where the very meaning of connection, the meaning of culture, is manipulation. We have put deceit and sneakiness at the absolute center of everything we do. Which is one of the reasons he thinks social media should be deleted. I don't think that social media has no purpose. It does still help people connect across the world. It does help you put out pictures of your wedding to everyone you know instead of paying the text, you know, the data charges for sending it to everybody's text messaging. There are uses for it.
1: It helps get the word out on uh, podcasts. Yeah, like that one that uh, unsupervised men. Oh,
0: I love those guys. There. Did you hear the one guy's getting a trombone? Carry on. I can't wait.
2: Yeah. So uh, then they had a psychologist come on. And he was just talking numbers because they originally talked about the Snapchat dysmorphia disorder where young girls are coming in, and boys too, to get plastic surgery so they look more like their Snapchat filtered images. So creepy. So then you know, way later in the show, mm-hmm. about halfway, they talked. this guy talked about some statistics, and since 2010... When most of the platforms launched, WhatsApp, Reddit, all those guys, they slowly. Now it's just like there's millions of them, but for a while it was just Facebook, and then Instagram came out, and then Reddit was for like book people, and then everything exploded. Yeah, so, because I think what
0: Facebook came out in 2009. Six. So then, as they kind of took hold,
2: mm-hmm. then
0: over the next couple of years, yeah. They...
2: So by 2010, the girls admitted to the hospital for non-fatal self-harm. Age fifteen to nineteen, which is considered the older teenage girls, it was stable up till then and then it jumped by sixty-two percent from two thousand ten to two thousand twenty. But in younger girls, ten to fourteen, it jumped a hundred and eighty-nine percent. That's close to three times what it was in two thousand ten.
0: And that was from the C D C so it wasn't yeah. just some
2: It's not a private study. This is C D C collecting stats from hospitals. The suicide rate in older girls, 15 and 19, is up 70%, but in younger girls, 10 to 14, where it was almost negligible for, is up 151%. And it coincides with social media really taking hold. When Gen Z became old enough that their parents gave them smartphones and they started to compare themselves to the world, this is the real-life consequences of them Putting themselves out there. And they, he also said they're more anxious, they're more fragile, they're more depressed, um, they're much less comfortable taking risks because the rates for getting their driver's licenses are dropping, and the number of young girls, especially, who have ever gone on a date or had any romantic encounter, so we're talking even if they hooked up with somebody, are dropping rapidly. They are literally too afraid to interact with people.
0: The stats of, with the cutting and the suicide was um, per hundred thousand um, girls that were admitted to the hospital or had it-
2: yeah, the number was per one hundred thousand, but the percentage. And then
0: they talked about how that affects the fa- you know for each girl, there's a family devastated by yeah. either what's going on with them or
2: and he says they're asking, "My God, what is happening to my kids?" Well, it's happening to everybody. Because you're seeing a lot more problems in adults, too. And then, of course, the COVID isolation in most places other than here has made families have to be in the same house and they're not talking to each other. They're all on their phones. And they're becoming very, very myopic as to their worldview. And these guys are just raking in money, telling people what to believe. Because before, you wouldn't have rioting and looting break out in hours, it took a while to get people incited to violence or incited to care. Now, in a couple of hours, you have all these AIs putting out this information. You have buildings full of sock puppets and fake profiles feeding the engine. And like they were saying, when they asked these tech guys what they foresaw, I mean, the most, most typical one is in the short-term civil war. They are Mm -hmm. literally manipulating everybody to be so... And they had a chart, and they had the two political parties and then where they blended the undecideds or independents in the middle, and when they started, the two peaked really close to each other, and as they spread out over the years, they were as far apart as possible, and there was very little overlap on the bottom. Everyone had picked a side pretty much, and they were as far from each other as possible. They cannot get along. And as that trickles down from the houses of power, you get a nation full of people who cannot even deal with someone having a different opinion.
0: Yeah, they're either pro trombone or like anti trombone.
2: Yeah, it's one or the other. Yeah,
1: and the people, the very small percentage of people that are willing to discuss the attributes of trombones, yeah, but aren't necessarily are pro trombone, mm-hmm. there's so few. That either people look at who they typically agree with and say, "Oh, they're they're pro trombone, so I guess I'm pro trombone," yeah. or if they're on the other side, I guess I'm against trombones. Yeah. They don't even think about it. Yeah. The
2: crowd they're- controls. Who they are. Mm-hmm. Not just what they believe anymore. It is changing who they are. So
0: there's no creative trombone music coming out anymore? None. In the mass, like it used to be. You remember the days? Oh, dude. The trombone music used to be amazing. I used and to people know used that, to talk I, about it, whether they hated it or it. I used it. to
1: know a guy. Yeah. He's passed away. But he played, this is the funniest thing to tell people. He <laughs> played trombone for the Green Bay Packers. Like, so far yeah. back ago when they had a band, oh, he was, yeah, he played trombone. And then <laughs> and
2: a tiny little group of people going, Is that real? do we even That's totally trombone? real. Whoa. Yeah. And the little group of people in the center are like, do we really need trombones? What's... Or treated like they're crazy? Because in, yeah. in the dramatic representation of the family, the oldest sister said, you know, you don't need a smartphone. The youngest daughter definitely didn't need a smartphone. And she was treated like she was the crazy one. Because mm-hmm. she wanted to think for herself and she used the phone for what it was as a tool mm-hmm. instead of as a lifeline to, oh my God, tell me what I need to think and feel right now about mm-hmm. whatever.
1: Well, both the people on either peak, pro-trombone or anti-trombone, attack the people in the middle.
2: The mm-hmm. yeah. so only yeah. enemies they got left that they can talk to right, are the reasonable ones because they the, can't talk to each other.
0: Exactly. The people that aren't even really interested in trombones are still affected by these two Mm. you know Mm -hmm. polarized trombone sides that they they're left in the cold and it's sad
2: and what's hard is all they want you to do is pick pro or anti-trombone they don't care even if you pick their side well it's definitely
0: (laughs) pro-trombone trombone sorry (laughs) Sorry, i was really uh, but the two
2: peaks the two crowds don't necessarily care if you agree with them you just have to pick an A or B box so they can either like you or hate you. They don't even really care mm-hmm.
0: what your decision is. Those anti-trombones <laughs> guys are <laughs> idiots. You, you've had too much sugar.
2: <sighs> but then at the, as the ending credits rolled, they started talking about like what tech people are doing. People in the industry are not giving their kids smartphones at all, or at least not till high school. They're not letting them on social media at all. They don't even have accounts for it. What are some of the things that people can do? They mentioned a few. We've talked about a few things that we can actually do because this is one situation where each person can have an impact. We are all worth money to advertisers. How can we get them to stop baiting us? What can we do to slow down, slow the roll? And some of the things are, all they want you to do is look at your phone. If they can give you a notification about anything. You will look at your phone, and then as soon as you swipe, you got all these notifications, mm. and you're hooked. So turn off your notifications, or just leave on text message notifications. If you don't have everything sending you a text notification, let don't let Facebook notify you when anything has happened on Facebook. Mm. No, turn that off. Turn your Gmail off. You can just check your phone yourself every hour or half hour. Um,
1: and you were talking about before not giving. Uh, most apps will ask for permission for your camera or mm-hmm. your microphone don't give it to them
2: don't allow them any access until it says this app will not work without this information and then delete the app
1: yeah you don't I was need that say app. that
2: you don't need an app that can't function without having access to your contacts your photos camera or microphone you don't need it you can post the pictures yourself you don't need them to be monitoring because that's why when you say hey Google you hear the tone. I don't even have a Google active on my phone, and it just asked me and is recording everything I'm saying.
1: Oh, that is creepy.
2: These are the top results. Oh, freaky. Wow. And then she, she recorded everything we said, and then she said, Your phone really is listening to you. Four things you can do to stop it is the number one thing she said. Little ironic there. <sighs> yeah. So never sign into anything with another social media account. It's so tempting to just, everyone's so worried about, I can't remember all my passwords. Well, no one is actually hacking your phone or computer for your passwords. So if you ask a tech person, they'll tell you, pick something that you know. And if you're allowed, put a special character in it, keep everything else the same and occasionally change the special character. That's it. Random, no real English words, just something that means something to you. And you don't have to worry about forgetting because it's the same. But if you sign into everything with Google, aren't you doing what you were afraid of in the first place? Your crappy Gmail password now logs into your mobile banking and your Pinterest and your Facebook and your Netflix account. You now sign in with Facebook to everything. And how great is your Facebook password? If you're worried about having the same (laughs) password all the time.
1: Who remembers? Yeah. You made that eight years ago.
2: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And if you're so worried about... I can't use the same password for everything. Why are you using the same login for everything? Because your Facebook password, I can guarantee, was easy. It was probably an English word, no numbers, no characters. And maybe there were some numbers. I mean, how many people's Wi-Fi passwords are an English word or name and some numbers? particularly a significant number, which you probably gave to Gmail when you told them what your birthday was Then they calculated the year you graduated from high school. And if you told them Facebook when you were married, they have your significant numbers. It's pretty easy to guess. And now you sign into everything with Facebook. When you sign up for Gmail, never give them your real birthday. Pick a birthday that you like and use it for everybody who, for whatever reason, somehow needs your birthday and never tell them your gender. It makes it so much harder for them to tailor ads to you. They don't need to know. They're not, oh, what are you going to miss? They're claiming it so they can give you a birthday surprise? No. (laughs) They're doing it because you fit in a demographic and they were going to sort you and file you accordingly. You can also mess with them and tell them the wrong gender.
1: Well, (laughs) since we started this podcast, you can look at statistics and the analytics and see the, um, the age groups of people who are listening. And I got to thinking about that. Even before we watch this uh, special, like, how do they know that? Mm-hmm. When I when I um, got my Spotify account, I don't remember anything on there about my birthday. Yeah. But somehow they're getting all of that.
2: Yeah. And yesterday I tried to log out of Pinterest on my phone on Chrome and I couldn't. I can't find where you sign out. And less than 24 hours, <clears throat> by now, my homepage now pops up. With a big black box, this is. We updated our privacy policy to help you understand the nitty gritty of how we use data at Pinterest. Except, there's. I can learn more, or I can accept. I can't get past this box. <laughs> and it's been since I, since I watched that movie. So everyone, this is the reaction. They're not saying anything about the movie, but now they have to make you accept their privacy terms, which are basically like signing away your rights. No one's going to read it. No one's going to learn more. They're going to click accept so they can get onto their boards.
0: Yeah. And the one guy, he uh, he mentioned that another thing you could do is that if we have a nuclear war, it would totally wipe out like all the social platforms, all the people, and then the problem would totally be solved. And he was like, "That would be <laughs>
2: awesome." So, so that's, that's, your, that's your, your that's his plan. Don't you remember is. that part? And, no, he it was said the could main lead, guy. Could lead to. The end of civilization. You don't know what you're talking about. It's also a good idea to power off your phone for a couple hours. That's not a big deal to turn them off and on anymore because they don't have sparks in them when they start up. (laughs) So you have to worry about burning anything down and, you know, stop letting your phones know so much about you.
0: Yeah. Or trombones.
2: So to wrap up, use social media as a tool when it, so because it is useful, don't let social media use you.
0: And check out that documentary.
2: Yeah. The <laughs> yeah. social, the social dilemma. dilemma. The social
1: dilemma. Yeah. Go on if Netflix. you haven't seen it, go watch it on Netflix. And uh
0: yes. We're not being paid by Netflix. Definitely and not. I've 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 suggested people watch other documentaries, but this one is like, no, you <laughs> need to see this. Yeah,
1: you didn't say you didn't tell us that it would be a good idea, you said Watch it, yeah,
2: <laughs> and start a conversation. Talk to yeah. your mate. Talk to your kids. Talk to your grandkids. Talk to your friends.
0: Your trombone salesman. Everything. Uh, yeah, go get yourself a trombone at Trombones RS.
1: If you'd like to contact us to ask any questions or correct us on anything, please reach out on Instagram at unsupervisedmen underscore podcast or unsupervised men podcast at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening.